You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Kia ora koutou, welcome. So great to have you all in church today. Boy, like our services are just getting fuller and fuller. And it's so fantastic to have you joining us this morning. Uh, Steve sends his love. He has spent the last few weeks, I know it's been a while since he's been with us at our campus. He's been uh, just busy visiting other campuses and checking in on them and saying hello and doing the rounds and all that sort of thing. Uh, But he will be back, I promise. You won't have to listen to me every week for too long. Uh, (laughs) We are doing part two today of our series. We're looking at a series called The Little Big Life. And we're in week two today. Today and uh, we're looking in this series at a verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, where it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Speaking of prayer, before I get into my message, let's just pray together. Lord, we're so grateful that we get to be in the room today. And Lord, we're thankful for your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you for the work that you're already doing and have done in our hearts, Lord God, to... Uh, to prepare us for this word and this message right now. God, I pray that you would help us to hear what you want us to hear. Help us to be shaped and molded into who you want us to be. Lord, use me today. May my words be your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as Steve mentioned in that little video, uh, we're, we're taking the next four weeks And we're looking at how the little things done consistently in your life can have the biggest impact on our faith. Little things lead to a big life. And today we're looking uh, together at the discipline of prayer. It was that very last thing that Acts 2 said that the people that the people in Acts 2 were devoted to. They were devoted to this act of prayer prayer. And we learned last week, if you remember from Pastor Mike Griffith's message, he mentioned that this word devoted, this word devoted means that they were steadfast. They were steadfast and they continually gave themselves to prayer. And today I would like to take a look at this thing called prayer, this little thing that can lead to a big impact. I want to take a look at it through the lens of Mark 11, and I'm going to look at and give you four different uh, types of prayer. So in Mark 11 verse 22, it says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Wow. Now, that's a pretty cool verse on prayer, isn't it? Like, if anything is going to inspire us to have a faith-filled prayer life, surely this verse is hands down got to be one of the most compelling verses as a reason why we should pray. In fact, Jesus is telling us here, the first point that I want to make today, Jesus is trying to teach us that my prayers can move mountains, My prayers can move mountains. Like, you know that mountain-moving prayer? You know that prayer that that those big, audacious, miracle-working, breakthrough prayers? We could call these petition prayers. Petition prayers are the prayers that where we go to God and we ask out of our need. We ask Him 
for something that we need. These are the times that we'll often go to God in desperation. We'll go to God when we need something to change in our life. We need something to shift. We need something to move. These prayers actually probably form a lot of the basis of most of our prayer lives. They're probably our most common prayers. The help, God, I need you to intervene. The Lord, jump in here would be really good. The ones we pray when we get bad news. The prayers we pray when unexpected things hit. I mean, these are the prayers that we pray when the bank balance is zero and yet the bills keep coming. These are the prayers that we pray when our teenager hasn't come home at the time they said they would and you don't know what they're out doing. I mean, these are the prayers that we pray when we have a big explosive argument with our spouse and we both say things we wish we shouldn't. Petition prayers. The God, I really need you to come and move this mountain prayers. And, and in Philippines, Phil, Philip, I never get this right. I get the wrong Philippi, Philippians. Philippians. Steve's like, Steve's like, we're not going to the Philippines. <laughs> he always hassles me about how I say. Anyway, chapter four, verse six says this. Tell, it tells us that we should do exactly that. We should be bringing our prayer needs to the Lord. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, these petition prayers. We have two dogs in our house. We have one little fluffy white one, and we have one big, um, beautiful black one. And these dogs are both the love of our lives and the bane of our existence. Like, they are so wonderful and so character-filled, but also really, really dramatic at the same time. And things always seem to happen to these two dogs. The latest incident was only a few months ago when they were both in the kitchen having a treat. Now, treats in our house for these dogs, because one of them has got dietary issues, uh, is carrots. So they were both having their carrots one evening, and our little one, Chewy, who's a little white fluff ball, is an absolute guts, and he just gobbles anything down. He'll eat anything and everything that gets put in front of him, and he ate his really fast. One carrot was not enough. He wanted another one, and so he went across to our big girl, Maya, and stole her carrot from her. Now, she is not at all an aggressive dog, but on that day, she must have really wanted that carrot because she gave him a warning snap, and she just snapped. But the little snap got a little bit too close to Chewie's eye. Wait for it. Block your ears if you've got a weak stomach. And his little eye just got nipped, and it just, like, popped a little bit. I know pretty gross. Eh? The first service were like, <gasps> like, I've never had that kind of reaction out of anybody. <laughs> so, so, so Steve kind of like squidged the eye back in a little bit and then he had to lie down for a few minutes because it was kind of gross and then we went to a trip to the vet and vet was amazing, so wonderful and, uh, and anyway, long story short, a few vet visits later and we tried a few different things to save the eye but we both decided in consultation with the vet that probably the best thing to do would be to just remove the eye. So don't worry, I'll tell you now, Chewie is absolutely fine. He lives a wonderful life with one eye. Just occasionally goes around and around in circles every now and then. But mostly, you know, mostly he's okay with his one, one eye, one eyed Chewie, Captain. We call him Pirate Captain Chewie. Anyway, I, I'm in the warehouse. I dropped Chewie off to the vet for his next appointment, and I'm in the warehouse, and at this point, we hadn't decided what we were gonna do with the eye. And I'm in the warehouse just buying some time while I wait for them to call me and explain the situation, and 
she calls me, she says, look, I think the best thing to do is to take the eye out. And so I'm like, okay, cool, how much is that going to cost? And she, she says to me the cost, and I think, oh, goodness, that's not something I just have sitting in my back pocket. And, and so then I'm like, yeah, okay, well, go ahead. And in my head I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> well, I don't know where I'm going to get that money from. I, I, I hang up the phone from her, and I just spout off a very quick prayer, and I just say, Lord, I don't know where that money is coming from because we don't have it. You're going to have to provide. In Jesus' name, amen. I leave the warehouse, I get in my car, I drive home. When I get home, I open up my emails to find an email from an insurance company letting me know that after a very long time of waiting, an amount exactly to the dollar, the same as the amount we needed for the eye surgery, had just been deposited into our account. Pretty cool, isn't it? You know, there will be many times in your prayer life when the answer will come as quickly as you driving from the warehouse to home. And then there are times when they won't, right? There are going to be times when God will do a suddenly in your life. The miracle eventuates where the breakthrough comes when you need it to. Where that mountain, baby, it moves. There are definitely going to be times in your prayer life where you experience those miracles, those out of this world, we just can't explain it, where God does it suddenly in your life. I 100% believe he works in that way. And yet, (laughs) yet, there are also going to be times where instead of Everest up and moving, You feel like you are just going around and around and around and around that same mountain. Has anybody felt like that sometimes with your prayer life? Like this thing ain't budging and I'm still sweating, you know? Sometimes the mountain moves, but sometimes we see prayer work in a different way. David Peters in his book, How to Pray, puts it like this, and this is my second point. He says, I can outgrow my mountains. I can outgrow my mountains. In his book, he writes this. In in 1924, a group of climbers on Mount Everest failed twice to get to the top of the world's highest mountain. In fact, two of their party were killed in the expedition. They met in London afterwards to give a report. As the leader addressed the crowd, he turned to a picture of Mount Everest, and he said, you have conquered us this time, Mount Everest, but you will not conquer us every time because you, Mount Everest, can grow no larger, but we can. We can. What if, what if in the times you feel like your mountain is not moving, What if in the times when you feel like you just cannot scale that mountain, what if instead God's intent is actually to grow you beyond your mountain? What if God in your circumstance wants to grow you through it? What if through prayer you could outgrow your mountain? These types of prayers we might call devotion prayers. These are the prayers that require our commitment and our discipline. These are the types of prayers where we go into that prayer closet, so to speak, and and we, we shut the door and we go into that secret place every day, day in and day out. And as we get into that secret place, we are allowing God to be at work and move in us. This place is an uncomfortable place. These devotion prayers aren't always easy prayer times. They can get uncomfortable. These are the prayer moments where God really refines something in us, where he challenges us, where he shapes our character, where he grows our faith. 
These are the moments where really the rubber hits the road and we allow God to really get to work in us. You know, many of you will know the journey that Steve has been on and our family have been on with his health over the last couple of years, all stemming from a virus that did damage to the balance center of his right ear. Essentially, it means that the part of his ear that does balance doesn't work properly. There's damage there. And so his eyes and his brain have to work a lot harder to help him keep balance. And what happens in a very visually stimulating environment is that it's too difficult for all of those parts to do the job of balance. And it makes that it makes it really hard for him. And so he gets a lot of dizziness and other symptoms that make just everyday things that should be easy makes it really hard. Now, let me tell you, we have prayed. Like we've really prayed. And we've prayed some more on top of the other prayer that we really prayed. We prayed some more. And I know, and we are so thankful that you guys have prayed. Like you've prayed. You've really prayed. But, it's still there. The issue, the damage to his ear is still there. It hasn't moved. The mountain didn't get up and go anywhere. And from the outside on surface level, it could look like all that prayer amounted to nothing. But that wouldn't be true. That wouldn't be the truth of our story today because let me tell you that all that prayer, all that prayer has caused us to press into God like never before. All that prayer has caused us to lean in and learn things about the kind of God that we serve that we just did not know before. All that prayer has caused us to to cling to God and to be able to see and for him to reveal more and more of who he is like we never would have if we hadn't gone through that circumstance. It is through seasons of devoted prayer that we learn that our circumstances may not change, but that we have changed along the way. Can I tell you, Steve's ear problem, it's still there, but Steve is different. Those circumstances that we are facing, they are still there. They haven't moved anywhere, but can I tell you that we will never be the same again. And in some of your circumstances where we try and we pray and we we want God to take it away, maybe he hasn't taken away, but I wonder if he's done something in your life. I wonder if through that circumstance and through your devoted prayer life that he might be doing a work in you that he never could have done outside of it. Romans 5 verse 1 to 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. Isn't that a wonderful thought? We stand in grace. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we and also the glory in our also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us what is this verse in Romans saying this verse in in Romans is saying this stuff it grows us and perseverance that's what devoted prayer is all about It's about persevering in and out of season. The practice of prayer, it can grow me. The practice of prayer can grow you. So so there's prayers that will move my mountain. And then there's prayers that will grow me beyond my mountain. But sometimes, 
sometimes in our circumstance, we need prayer that reminds us, number three, that God is bigger than my mountain. God is bigger than my mountain. These are the prayers that shift my perspective in my circumstance. They are what I would call adoration prayers. Prayers that glorify and magnify the Lord despite what I am going through. Prayers that remind us that he is bigger than the mountain, the circumstance I am facing. I was recently, um, well, it was a few years ago now, traveling domestically, uh, and it was for our Replenish conference. I was escorting our Replenish guest speaker who was here from America, from our Auckland conference, conference to our Christchurch conference and uh, we landed in Christchurch airport we had ordered a rental car and so we got to the rental car desk and we received our key and the lady at the rental car desk said all you need to do is follow the blue line just follow the blue line all the way to the rental car car park I thought well great I can do that now there's something you need to know when you've got a guest speaker who's come all the way from America one of your primary thoughts most of the time is please Lord don't let me do anything that makes me look silly in front of our guest speaker so I'm a little nervous leading them on this little expedition I had to you know be in charge and know what I was doing and uh, so the, the rental car lady says you know just follow the blue line so I'm like okay easy that sounds easy that sounds easy right that sounds easy enough so uh, there's uh, a little bit of construction happening at the airport but nothing you know we can't handle and so we follow this blue line it takes us through a little bit of the airport round a corner across a car park we've traveled maybe 800 meters and all of a sudden like I'm diligently following the blue line I promise you that all of a sudden we're following the blue line following the blue line and then the blue line comes to an end and there's a construction fence in front of us. And I'm looking at the blue line and I'm like, oh no. The lady didn't tell me what to do when the blue line ended and goes, like, I'm like, I'm starting to sweat now. I'm looking around going, well, well just, is there a blue line over there I could jump to? Like, like, can I, wait, maybe, maybe it forked off somewhere over here and I just need to go back and it, w- it would make me turn a corner. No, no, there's nothing back there. And I'm getting really panicky now. I'm thinking, oh, oh no, what am I going to do? I'm standing here. It was like 10 o'clock at night as well. So I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? I've got this guest speaker. I've got to get us back to the hotel. How am I going to find it? And I'm starting to panic. And then all of a sudden from behind me, the guest speaker goes, hey, Bex, look up. Like, what do you mean, look up? We're supposed to be following the blue line. She told me to follow the blue line. I followed the blue line. It landed me here to this fence. And now she's like, Bex, just look up. So I look up. And there in front of me, a sign about this big, on the fence, above the blue line, is a sign that reads, rental car, car park, this way. <laughs> it can be like that in our circumstances, though, can't it? Some of us need a reminder to take our eyes off our circumstance, to take our eyes off the mountain and simply look up. It's so easy for us to focus so much on the struggle of our current reality that we miss an opportunity to see God at work and to experience and see and know of his bigness and his greatness and his faithfulness in our life and to see that he might be working in our circumstance. Adoration prayer helps us to look up. It helps us to look up. Many of you will know 2008 as the year that we lost six students and a teacher in the Mangatapopo tragedy. And at that time, Steve and I were were the youth pastors here. Five out of six of those children were in our youth ministry serving on our dream team, in our small groups. 
they were very much a part of our church life here and it was, as you can imagine, a devastating time. And I can remember it as clear as if it were yesterday. I can remember the day we stood in this very room filled with students and teachers and parents as the names of those we lost were read out. And I can remember standing right here in this spot in the auditorium, right here, looking out over the students. And we were just sort of walking around and trying to say the right thing and trying to comfort people and pray for people and hand out tissues and all the things. And I stood there and, and, and I remember turning to my mum who had come to support us and, and to just be there and do what she could to help. And I remember turning to mum and I remember saying to her, mum, this is too big. This is too big. And she said to me, yeah, it is too big. But it's not too big for God because he is bigger. He is bigger. And that season was a season in our lives where I learned what it meant to simply trust the God who was bigger, bigger than my understanding, bigger than any answers that we would ever get. It was a season that taught me to get a bigger view of the God that I served. It was a season that taught me through desperate prayers how to turn those prayers into prayers of adoration that began to lift up and glorify a God who is bigger. The sovereignty of God. Yes, this is big, but my God is bigger. Big enough to carry it all. And I've just, I just believe this morning that there are some of you in this room today and you need that reminder. You need a reminder that yes, what you are going through is big, but it's not bigger than your God. And he is big enough to carry it all. And there are some seasons in your life where we are simply going to have to spend our prayer time reminding ourselves of the faithfulness, the goodness, the greatness, the bigness of the God that we serve. We have prayers that move mountains. And there are prayers that don't just move mountains. There are prayers that will grow you beyond your mountain. There are also prayers that remind us that God is bigger than the mountain. But my prayer also knows this, number four, and the team can come and join me now, that mountains aren't conquered alone. We have to know that prayer can teach us that mountains aren't conquered alone. This part of the prayer is prayer that we call intercession prayer. Intercession simply means to stand in the gap, to stand in the gap. And can I just tell you today that you don't have to have the gift of intercession to pray, to, to use intercession prayer. And listen, you don't even need to be on the intercession team to pray intercession prayer. Whoa, that's a good reminder for some of us today. We don't need to be on the intercession team to stand in the gap and pray on behalf of somebody else and believe that God could do a work in their life. In January, Judah, our oldest boy, was doing some fundraising. He's going overseas um, this month. Uh, to a football trip overseas and the final amount that he needed to raise he decided he was going to run an event do a running event and in this event he decided that he was going to run 20 kilometers over 20 hours so every hour on the hour he ran one kilometer down at the Pakaranga uh, athletics track and it was amazing. It went so incredibly well. We had so many people who donated and gave, and the fundraising went really well, and he raised, 
the amount that he needed. And it was so heartwarming to see people supporting him through their giving. But you know what was even more impacting for me? Was the people who turned up. People who came down to the track and, and, and people would come and they'd run with him, run alongside him. And some people ran just one kilometer. Some people ran multiple kilometers. Some people came and just ran him and them alongside each other. Some people came in big groups and a whole group of them would run with him. And some people even weren't in the same city as us and so ran on FaceTime and he was holding the phone and running around the track with Uncle Bryce on his phone chatting to him. And each time they would encourage him and they would spur him on, and they would say, come on, Judah, don't give up, and they would encourage him when he was feeling tired, and they would spur him on when he felt like giving up, when he felt like didn't want to do it anymore, when he was ready to give up. They were right there with him. In fact, the his final two kilometers that he ran at midnight and 11 p.m., he ran alone, and after it was all said and done, he said to me, Mom, the hardest laps by far were the ones I had to run alone. The hardest laps were the ones I ran alone. That's what intercession prayer looks like to me. It means turning up for one another and running a lap or two. You know, for years, Steve and I, for the last few years, we've written down 10 big prayers. Just write them down. What are we believing for for our family? And we'd write down 10 big prayers. We'd have a list each that we, we chose. And we'd always write them down at the beginning of the year. And then every day or every other day, we'd just pray through really quickly these 10 prayers that we were believing for, for our family. And I can remember in 2021, I had my big prayers. I had my list of big prayers. And uh, one morning, we got called by some friends to meet with us and in that conversation, they let us know that um, one of our friends had just been diagnosed with cancer. And I went home that afternoon after hearing that very devastating news. I went home that afternoon and I took out my big 10, my list of big prayers. And I got down to number 10 and I crossed it off the list. I crossed off one of my prayers and I wrote my friend's name and I wrote cancer free. Because I knew in that moment that God was calling me to give up one of my big prayers so that I could believe for them. And so every day for that year, I would pray cancer-free over my friend. Every day as I prayed through my list of 10, I would believe and I would stand in the gap. And it was a pretty cool moment when just two weeks ago, they came up for a crunchy to say that they, to celebrate two years of being cancer free. Isn't God good? And maybe today you know that God is calling you to in the same way stand in the gap for somebody else. And I actually wonder if this type of prayer in particular is something that God is actually challenging you about. God is challenging you, you know, we don't have to be on the team to be an intercessory prayer person, you know. We don't have to be on any kind of team or have a gift of it to begin to pray and believe. And I just wonder if maybe God is challenging you to begin believing for someone else, and I wonder what he might do, not just in their life, 
but in yours as well. Petition prayers, devotion prayers, adoration prayers, intercession prayers. Prayer can move a mountain. Prayer can grow you. Prayer magnifies God and prayer believes in others. Sounds real good, doesn't it? Like, I mean, sounds inspiring. Sounds like something we should all be doing, right? But the reality is, <laughs> it's so often easier said than done. Am I right? Like, like all good on paper. Like, yeah, Bex, that sounds good, but it's harder than it sounds. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one here. Maybe I'm the only one here today, but so often when I'm sitting in church and I hear a message on prayer, I've got one response. My automatic response is that I feel guilty about the health of my own prayer life every time. I'm not sure if you're like me, but often I usually have two thoughts that come into my head. Oh, I don't pray enough. My second thought is this, gosh, I'm a bad Christian. And I'm not sure if that's how, what goes on in your head. The truth is that in my Christian walk, I've often, and much of it, found prayer hard. And there are times in my Christian walk where I've found prayer boring. Am I allowed to say that? I've also found it in seasons real discouraging. And I've found myself many times feeling guilty about my feelings on prayer. But recently I went on a journey to try and ignite a passion for it in my life. And I had to make a decision. And I wanna invite you to make this decision with me today. I had to make a decision that regardless of how I felt, I knew based on the word of God that it was something that God wants me to build into my life because it works. And so I had to make a decision not on what I felt, but what I know what the Word of God says. And so I did these three things. I chose a time, I chose a place, and I chose a way. I chose a time, I don't know what time that might be for you. In fact, I've, set, I've got alarms set in my calendar that just say pray. I chose a time to, at six in the morning, get up. Hopefully, I try and attempt it before the children get up. And then, and then, and then I chose a place. There's just one chair in my living room that's the place I go. And then I chose a way. And listen, on this journey that I have found, as I've been trying to, you know, reigniting prayer in my life, I found something that's really helped me when it came to choosing a way. I decided I was gonna take away all rules that I thought there were about prayer. Like there isn't one way that works, right? And, and, I, and I chose to try something new. In fact, I chose to try a whole bunch of different kinds of things. Like maybe for you, you just need to try something new. Maybe you could pray scripture. You could turn scripture into prayers. Maybe you could pray in tongues, pray in your heavenly language. Maybe you could pray through worship, like check on a worship song that really speaks to you and begin to take those words and make them into prayers. Maybe you could pray out loud. Just get in a room, close the door and go for it. Maybe you could try journaling or writing down your prayers. Perhaps you could try prayers of gratitude at the end of a day, just writing down or saying to God the things that you are grateful for. Perhaps perhaps you could try praying some declarations. I tried this one where you, you take 
like truths of scripture and you, you make them into statements and sentences about who God is and who he calls you to be and just begin to speak those over your life in prayer. Maybe you could try drawing your prayers or painting as you pray or playing an instrument as you pray. Maybe you could go for a walk and pray. Maybe you could use some of the biblical prayers that are outlined in scripture, the, the Lord's Prayer or the Prayer of Jabez to help you as you pray. Man, the point is, change it up, try something new, choose a way that works for you. Here's the thing, a study published in 2008 assessed the mental health of high school students based on their self-reported frequency of prayer. For students both in Catholic and Protestant schools, higher levels of prayer were associated with better mental health. It also suggested that if a person knows that he or she is being prayed for, it can be uplifting and increase morale, thus aiding in recovery. Students have suggested that prayer can reduce psychological stress, and according to a study by Centra State Healthcare System, the psychological benefits of prayer may help reduce stress, anxiety, promote a positive outlook, and strengthen the will to live. Amazing. Studies show that meditative style of prayer may also have a positive impact on both the physical and psychological health. Here's the thing, guys. Tomorrow, we are starting as a church 21 days of prayer. Conveniently. We're starting 21 days of prayer. And here's what I want to do. I want to invite you to join us on this journey. I want to invite you to make tomorrow the day you will start this new habit of prayer because little things can make a big impact. Little things can build a big life. And I want you to take this journey believing that it has the potential to transform you physically, emotionally, mentally. And I'm asking you to take this opportunity with both hands. I'm going, here, we're, we're giving you this beautiful opportunity to take it with both hands and build a new habit into your life. And, and maybe, 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 as a church, we could build a real big life through the simplest act of prayer, amen? Come on, let me pray for you before I hand back to Chris. Father, we're so thankful. We're so thankful, Lord Jesus, that you have given us the gift of prayer it's a gift, Lord. It's our way of communicating with you and you communicating with us. And Lord, I pray right now that you would ignite a passion in us as a church to pray. Lord, believing and knowing, God, that prayer can move mountains. And I believe right now and declare that in this room over the next three weeks as we commit to 21 days of prayer, I believe right now that we are gonna see some mountain-moving prayers, that we're gonna see some prayers that will move heaven, God. Um, we're gonna see some breakthrough over people's eyes. We're gonna see some answers to prayer. We're gonna be, see some sickness uh, be healed, and we're gonna see some relationships restored, God. And Lord, we're also believing, God, that we can outgrow our mountains, God, that we're going to see our faith be built and our character grow, and we're going to be able to see, God, you really do a work in our lives, Father. And Lord, we also, we also want to spend the next 21 days believing that you are a God who's bigger. And so we're going to magnify you, and we're going to glorify you, and we're going to remind ourselves, God, that you are faithful, that you are trustworthy, God, that you are good. And God, I just pray that you'd place people on our heart who we need to stand in the gap for, who we need to intercede for on their behalf, believing that you could do a work in their life too. I want to do one more thing before I hand back to Chris. You know, I'm not sure where you're at with God. I don't know what your relationship with the Lord is like, but talking about 
prayer here, which really is about relationship with him. It's about having communion with God. And some of you, you would say today, you are far from God. Like, you're like, Bex, I'm just not in a position to have a conversation with God. I'm not in a position to be praying right now. Well, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment, and I'm going to invite you to join me in praying that prayer to get your life right with God. Because for some of you, you can't start 21 days of prayer tomorrow without taking this first step of I'm getting my life right with God. God loves you. He created you with a plan and a purpose in mind. And we all, we all walk away. We all, we all walk far from him. We try and do our own way. We try and create our own definition of good and, and we try and do our own thing. We make mistakes. The Bible calls that sin. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of the standard. And yet God sent his son, Jesus, to live a sinless life and die a sinner's death so that you and I could experience forgiveness and freedom from sin. We could come back and be reconciled to the Father, come back into relationship with him. And I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment. I want to invite every single one of you to pray this prayer with me. As we say, dear Jesus, Thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due for my sin. I ask for your forgiveness today. I ask that you would come into my life. Make me brand new. I turn from my old way of life and I turn to you now. Thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for me. In Jesus' name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I'd love to see who I prayed for today. I'm not going to stand you up in front of everybody, nothing like that. I'd just love to be able to acknowledge you. I'd love to know who I prayed for. And I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, I'd love it if you could just lift your hand nice and high. I'll see it. I'll acknowledge it. Then you can put it straight back down. You ready? One, two, three. You're saying, Bex, can you count me in on that prayer? Awesome. Yeah. I prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe it wasn't the first time. Maybe you know you're coming back to God again. Yeah, awesome. I see you down the back there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You're saying, Bex, count me in on the prayer. Yeah, thank you. Over here on my left, I see you. Anyone else you want to say, Bex, count me in? Yeah, on the right. Thank you. Awesome. Yes, thank you. On my left. Gotcha. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. God, we're so grateful. We're so grateful, Lord, for each of these people. You love them. You know them individually, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for the plans that you have for their lives. And we just, we just pray your blessing over them right now. We thank you that you created them, God, Lord, and that they, they get to have a relationship with you, Lord Jesus. And we just we want to celebrate right now as all of heaven celebrates too. Come on, church, would you lift your praise? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.